this morning, I am merely the appetizer of the intro, and the main entree is coming later. Because this morning is Baptism Sunday. We've done this, unfortunately, sporadically in the 12 years. And we need to do this more often. And you'll see why, when I'm done, hopefully, why we need to do this more often. Today, we're going to baptize two uh, people, uh, Evan and Chiga, uh, towards the end of the service. And um, it is a powerful illustration of the gospel. And what I want to do this morning is I want to just kind of give an intro layout of why we do what we do. Because vast majority of us who grew up in church, I think, don't understand what this is. And for some of us who recently come into the faith, um, this is something that you need to know and you need to hear. Uh, so I answered three questions this morning, and then we're going to dunk some people and celebrate at the end. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we immerse them, dunk them? And third, what is the significance? So why do we do this? Start with the words of Jesus, because it's always good to start with the words of Jesus. Amen? Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. To make disciples there is the main verb. I'm a member of English class, main verb. That's the main verb, okay? And the following are what are called participles or defining participles. In other words, they define or, or kind of uh, uh, give definition to what it means to make disciples. So here it is, main verb, make disciples of all nations. And again, particularly this morning, this is hitting me heavily as I think about the two billion people who do not have access to even hear. All nations. And then here are the participles of what it means to make disciples. Baptizing them, that's a participle, of in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So why do we baptize? It's very simple. It's one of the things that Jesus specifically commanded us to do. He commanded us. He ordained It for us, which is another reason why some people call it an ordinance of the Lord. And we see the disciples doing that in the book of Acts, where baptism is administered consistently to those who give profession to faith. You guys have heard me say this again. Our church is about making disciples, disciples, disciples. That's what it means to love Christ, engage in community, advance the cause. Disciples, what I don't accentuate is the fact that a part of making disciples is not just teaching them to obey everything Jesus said, but discipling them by baptizing them. I, I don't know how strongly I can put it than that it is a matter of obedience just as much as anything else in scripture. What is the point of it though? What is the significance? And we'll get to that. And we see why Jesus commanded us to. So wh- why then do we immerse though? Why, why are we going to dunk them in this? <laughs> I had them touch the water. It's nice and warm. It feels like a bath. Um, so they'll be very, very comfortable. Why do, we, why do we immerse them? Well, three quick reasons. One is, it's actually the original Greek word and the meaning of it. Here's the word, baptizo. Actually, it's pronounced baptid. There's a D there. Tidzo, baptizo. And it literally meant to dip, to dunk, or to immerse. By the way, this is one of those Greek words that we didn't translate into English. You realize? We just literally took the Greek word baptizo. And then just said, baptize. Baptize literally means to dip, to dunk, to immerse. And let me tell you how it was used in that culture. It was used of ships that were sunk in battle. It was used to figuratively talk about people who were head and shoulders in debt. It was used to dip a cup into wine to draw from it. 
It was used to dipping a cloth, piece of cloth, to dye it. It was used for people who were swimming, people who were bathing. An example, by the way, of the meaning of baptizo is a text from the Greek poet and Dr. Nicander, who lived about 200 B.C., and this is a fascinating thing. You can look it up on Google. He, he talks about how to make pickles. And he writes that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped into boiling water. And that he literally says, baptizo in vinegar solution. Baptizo is consistently used right up to the New Testament talk about dipping, dunking, drowning, something in liquid. It wasn't a religious word. Didn't have any spiritual religious connotation. It was just a common word that everybody used. Now, when the New, T- New Testament times rolls around, the Jewish community actually began to use this word in a religious context, even though they used other words. You see, when a Gentile wanted to become a Jew and convert to Judaism, there was a process that you could follow. Part of the process involved um, eating a meal. Part of the process also involved uh, learning the Torah. Or the, or the five books of the Old Testament. Part of the process also involved embracing certain ceremonial laws of cleanliness. And then the last thing they did, actually, is that they would take a witness and go down to the river, find a body of water, and they baptizo themselves. Nobody baptized. And they just, on their own, went submerged underwater, and they came back up. And what it signified was, I am Dying or done with my old way of life, of my Gentileness, of worshiping pagan gods, and I am embracing, identifying, and turning to the one true God, Yahweh. Then, of course, um, something strange happened. There's this guy named John who came around. Pretty hairy, ate locusts, lived in the desert. John comes around. And John's walking around saying, repent, repent, for the Messiah is near. Repent, repent, for the Messiah is near. And he's going around challenging the Jews. He's saying, you are Jews. Name only. You've forsaken the one true God. And you are not living in accordance with his laws and his ways. Repent and be baptized. And a bunch of people began to get convicted by his message. And they began embracing what John was preaching. And then John did something that nobody had ever done to that time in recorded history. He took a bunch of people who had embraced his teaching, took them down to the Jordan River, and he dunked them. He immersed them. And people said, what's John doing? John is baptizoing them. He's dunking them. He's immersing them. I'll tell you why this is the first time this had happened in recorded history, because when these people were being dunked, immersed, baptized, they were saying, I am identifying with and embracing this guy's teaching. More importantly, and I'm going public with the fact that I am identifying with and giving allegiance to what this guy is teaching and what he's about. So in that identification, I'm going to allow him to submerge me, immerse me, dunk me, baptizoi. Now, nobody had ever been doing that, so they gave this guy a name. Do you remember? A nickname. John the Baptist. You thought that was his last name. (laughs) Or the church he belonged to. Um, John the Baptist was the name that we gave him. Why? That's what he was doing, baptizoing them. 
One of the reasons why we baptize is because, through immersion, is because that's what the word literally means. Second reason, and third reason, I need to be quick about this. The other reason we immerse and dunk is that was what was modeled in the Bible. Whenever the act of baptism is described in the New Testament, the one who is being baptized is immersed. Do you remember after Jesus was baptized? The Bible says in Mark 1.10, he came up out of the water. Secondly, when Philip baptizes a Ethiopian eunuch, the Bible says in Acts 8.38, they both went down into the water. And there's a couple other instances I could point to in the New Testament. But one of the reason we immerse is because that was what was modeled for us in the Bible. And the last reason is because this was the mode actually used by the early church. Read church history. For the first two, three hundred years, the primary mode of baptism was immersion. Exceptions were when there wasn't enough water to immerse. Or the individuals were too sick or too old to be immersed. In summary, why do we immerse? Why do we dunk? Biblical argument is based on three things. The original Greek word and what it meant. Examples found in New Testament. And third, historical evidence of the early church. Now, I don't have time to spend a whole lot on this. Some of you are sitting there going, well, well, okay, but did mine count then? Because I wasn't dunked. I was sprinkled. Oh, good Presbyterians sitting there. I know who you are. Um, let me just say this, because I don't have time this morning to do a theological treatise, because like 90% of the people are like, I don't need to know. I'm bored by that. And there's like 10% of you. They're like, I want to know. Here's all I'll say about that. The answer to that, the mind count, ultimately lies not in the mode, but the meaning of baptism. Let me say that again. The ultimate meaning lies not in the mode, as it does in the meaning. What do I mean? I think God is a big God. He's not going to fall off the throne because you were sprinkled and not baptized. <laughs> He's not going to be like, that didn't count. Do it again. He's not going to do that. Okay? I think God is a big, big God. The issue is not the mode. The issue is the meaning that you attach to the baptism. What do I mean? Dunking a person underwater or sprinkling somebody on their head is not what makes a baptism a baptism. It's the meaning, the significance of what it is. It's not the amount of water. So what is the meaning? What is the significance? Let's get to that quickly because I'm really looking forward to dunking these people. What is the significance of the meaning of baptism? And some of you guys, many of you guys, who've never been baptized, you need to pay very careful attention. Three things. One, identification with the person of Christ. Identification with the person of Christ. What do I mean? When John baptized people, remember what it meant. They're essentially identifying with and giving allegiance to what John believed and taught. In the same way. In the same way. When the person gets baptized today, you know what they're saying? This is so powerful, so cool. They're saying, I am publicly identifying with Jesus. I am publicly identifying with Jesus. And giving allegiance to the fact that I am not ashamed of the gospel or his name. Some of y'all want to get baptized today. <laughs> could do that. No need to change your clothes. That's what it meant. When somebody is getting baptized, they are saying out loud, I want people to know. I want my family, friends. I want the whole world to know. I am a follower of Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. See, this is so private. The way baptism is done these days, there's all Christians. We're in a church, and there's the baptismal, and we just go, yeah. Back then, the Jordan River, way out in public. It's where culture happened. So people would be walking by going, there's Fred. Hey, Fred. He's getting baptized by John. I guess he's 
one of them now. Baptism was a way of saying, I am aligning myself with this guy. I can't tell you in our culture today how powerful this testimony is. We are living in a culture, we are living in a society where Christians and to be a Christian, and you guys know, even I talk to many of you guys at work, just for you to not preach people on throats, for you to acknowledge and confess that you are a follower of Jesus could fight persecution. People will be like, you're a what? Baptism is a way of saying to not just your family friends, but to the watching world, I have sworn allegiance to Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He's my Lord and Savior. And I'm publicly wanting to do that. See, what we should really do is people that are getting baptized, we should take out a page in the Chicago Tribune and write on there, the following people have confessed to following Jesus the Lord and Savior, Evan Lesarkers, Chigga. And some of you are saying, I'm not ready to do that. That's okay. That's okay. It's a process. I understand. It's a process. But at some point, at some point, do you not want to say to the watching world, Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. I have to identify with him. I want everybody to know that. I want everybody to know that. Secondly, baptism is not just identification with the person of Christ, but identification with the work of Christ. And this is a further reason why we immerse, okay, and not sprinkle. The imagery of death and burial of the resurrection is shown in baptism. It's a visible symbol of God's saving work. Romans 6, verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That is just so powerful. Verse 5, for we have been united with him like in a death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Verse 7, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Baptism symbolizes what happened to you and spiritually, you and I spiritually, when we received Christ. Baptism is the biblical way in which we show, it symbolizes that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we die to our old self, to the death of Jesus, and we've been risen again to new life, to the resurrection of Jesus. Does this blow anybody else's mind, by the way? I don't know about you guys. When I think about what happened to me, what happened to you, and a moment of salvation, the fact that the moment that Christ comes to our lives, we die to our old self. We die to our rebellion. We die to our, our ways of idolatry. We die to unbelief. We died to the old me, the past. We die to that. And baptism, when, when the person is dunked into water, it symbolizes the fact that that me died the moment Christ came into my life. And by the way, can I just say this this morning? The fact that we've been dead to sin, the evidence of that is not in our lives. The, the, the evidence of that is the fact that God declares it so in Scripture. Amen? Sitting there going, well, I'm not really dead to sin. Because my life, the evidence in our lives, the ultimate litmus test of the fact that we've been dead to sin, the Scripture says, for anyone who is in Christ, you're dead to your old self. That's powerful. Powerful. So when the person is immersed underwater, it's a testif- 
It's a testifying of that old me with my past, my sin, that me died. And then they're brought back to life. They're brought back to life. When they're brought back up from the water, it symbolizes, now I am a new creation in Christ. I'm not who I want to be, but man, I am not who I once was. See, part of what baptism symbolizes is a cleansing, a washing away of sin. It's a public symbol of the fact that because I've accepted Christ, my sins have been washed away. My sins have been forgiven. Remember what we learned in Easter? Resurrection is a receipt of what? Of your justification. That when you're brought back up out of the water, that's why, by the way, it's not unusual. I've baptized people. When people get baptized and they come up, they just start weeping uncontrollably. And after I'll ask them, I go, why were you weeping? And they'll say, because at that moment, the truth and the reality that God sees me as his son, Jesus. God sees me as he sees his son, Jesus, as perfect, as holy, as righteous. The days of judgment and condemnation are over. Today, he sees me as his son, Jesus. And that, that truth, when it comes, his identification with the work of Christ in his death and in his resurrection. And then there's third, his identification with the church or the community of faith. It's a visible symbol, an outward sign of belonging to the people of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts from one body. So it is with Christ. For check this out. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Do you know why many of you need to be baptized? Because in baptism, here's what we're declaring. Christianity is not some private individual faith where I go, I don't need the church. I'm just going to do life on my own. Christianity in its essence says you are joined to Christ. It joins you to other people in Christ. It's a visible outward commitment to say, I'm not going to live this life on my own. I'm going to do this in community with others. And we see the early church living this out. Not just in theory, but concretely. Acts 2.41. Those who accepted his message were baptized as Peter's. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. By the way, I think about that. So there are 3,000 who gave themselves to Christ. 3,000 people who were baptized. That was one long church service, y'all. <laughs> Good Lord. And then some of you know what follows in Luke, 40, uh, Luke 2, 41. After it says they were added to their number, then Luke talks about, here's what they did. They prayed together. They ate bread together. They served together. They worshiped together. Luke describes what being added to their, daily, uh, added to their member daily meant. He gives a description of people doing life together. Can I ask you something? Is this true for you? What do I mean? Is this true for you? That is, are you living out the reality that when you were joined to Christ, it automatically joins you to other believers in Christ? And it's not some theoretical thing where you go, you know, yep, I'm part of the universal church. But today, this morning, you could point to people and say, 
Her, 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 him, him, him. I'm doing life with them. I'm doing life with them. Not when I feel like it. Not when it's convenient. No, I'm doing life with them, Peter, intentionally, systematically. I'm doing life with them where there's embracing of accountability. Because that's what it means to be joined to Christ. I get joined to other believers in Christ. Can you, this morning, I'm serious, part of this church, look around and go, these are the people that I'm doing life with. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Can you also say, and these are the people that I'm serving with. And these are the people that I'm serving with to equip this church to be an instrument for the gospel. Can you point to people for whom you can say, I'm joined, I'm joined, I'm joined, I'm joined, I'm joined. Can you do that? Can you say that? Can you do that? Can you say that? I'm telling you, if not in this church, whichever church you go to, please understand, a biblical notion of I accept Jesus, I'm on my own, is foreign to scripture. You're making up your own religion then. Christianity, essence of it. Who are you joined to? Who are you joined to? The people that are being baptized today, Trigo and Evan, here's what they're saying. They're saying, I'm identifying with the work of Christ. I'm identifying with the person of Christ. I'm also identifying with y'all. That is, I'm not going to come and go as I wish. I'm not going to drop in once in a while when it's convenient. They're saying, I'm being committed to you. Will you commit to me? That's what it means. That's what it means. Here's what baptism does not mean. I need to say this because there's like... Five people here maybe who are like, I thought that baptism is required in order for you to be saved. Eh. Wrong. Baptism is not a part of the salvation process. A person isn't saved when they're baptized. A person isn't saved because they're baptized. The Bible says that salvation comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Point strongly taken. Okay. <laughs> Salvation is a gift. Amen? That means we don't do things to earn it, including being baptized. Salvation is a gift, man. It comes free. It's given to people whose faith rests in the grace of God alone to forgive their sins through death and resurrection of Jesus. That's why we say that baptism is an outward witness of an inward faith in Christ. Baptism is a symbol on the outside of something that has already happened on the inside. And in case some of you needed to know, give me an example. Do you remember Jesus on the cross? The two thieves, or really murderers, who were hanging, and one guy says, will you remember me? And do you remember Jesus said, uh-uh, too late, buddy. You weren't baptized. Do you remember that? No, of course you don't, because it's not what happened. <laughs> what did Jesus say remember me in paradise Jesus said what today right now you'll be with me I can't talk about that without getting emotional today right now to a murderer today right now maybe I'm talking to somebody today right now who thought don't I have to do something no, no, no. It comes through faith alone, through grace alone, in the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
So three questions or three people and then I'm, I'm done and we're going to actually hear video, short video testimony of the people and then we're being baptized today. One, I want to speak to those of you who maybe were sprinkled as a baby or maybe even baptized at some point, but you had, listen carefully, you have no idea what it meant. You had no idea what it meant. Maybe now you do. You're at a point in your life right now where you've trusted Christ for salvation. You've trusted Christ and you've dedicated your life to Christ. And maybe you're at a point you're willing to say to your family, friends, and to the world, you know, I think I'm ready to go public, Peter, with this decision. I want people to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. I've given allegiance to him and him alone and by his grace to pursue following him. Two, Maybe you're a Christian and you've never been baptized. I was going to say, let me see your hands. I don't want to pick on you. Maybe you're a Christian, but you've never been baptized. And actually, most people, I go, why haven't you been baptized? They, they go, I don't know. <laughs> There's really no good reason why. Maybe you didn't think it was important. And not that important, is it? Oh, uh, I would think twice. Some of y'all are baptized because this freaks you out a little bit. And after today, what I said, it freaks you out even more. The whole public thing, dude, I don't know about that. By the way, you know what? I think the next baptism, we're going to do this two, three more times. The next baptism is going to be during the summer. I think we're going to do it at Lake Michigan. Yep, I think we're going to do it at the Lake Michigan. We've done that a couple times in our church history. And it was one of the powerful, most powerful. And you could bet, most powerful things. Because our church, I mean, we were small. We were church, got there and walking. And people, of course, came by. And they're like, what y'all doing? And it was just a natural opportunity to go. We don't have to shove Bible stuff. But we just said, oh, person's getting baptized. Baptized? What's it, what's it mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. By the way, at the end of this, the green cards you have, I'm going to ahead of myself. For those of you that have not been baptized, even right now as I'm talking, and you're sitting there going, oh, I need to be baptized. I've never, I need to be baptized. You need to write on that card, I want to be baptized, and write your email and your telephone number, and we are going to contact you throughout the year. We're going to do this two, three more times so that we could give you information. Some of you are already doing that. You're taking out your green card saying, I want to be baptized, and here's my info, okay? And drop it in the offering bag, and we will keep you updated about the baptism services that are coming up. Some of y'all are like, Lake Michigan this summer, that's me. Okay, we will do that. So those of you who've never been baptized, and you're like, I don't know if I'm ready. That's okay, work it out in community. Work it out with your brothers, sisters, in the faith. But when you're ready, man, when you're ready to go public with this, and when you're ready to say, I am identifying with Jesus Christ, my Lord, I'm identifying with what he did for me in his death and burial, and I want people to know, man, I'm not alone. I am with these people to do life together. Third, maybe uh, you're not a Christian this morning, and uh, you're sitting there going, oh, what does this mean for me? Here's what it means for you. What's the next step look like for you? What does the next step look like for you? Maybe the next step for you looks like talking to somebody, your friend, one of our pastors on staff, one of our small group leaders about, what is this whole relationship with Jesus Christ and what's that about? I've been praying for you this week as I prepare to talk about this, that you would take the next step, whatever that small next step looks like in your journey with Jesus. And one day, maybe the opportunity to baptize you when you get to profess your faith in Christ. So uh, 
videos. You're going to see videos. And the reason why we have the people that I can baptize taking video for two reasons. Number one, it's very practical. The vast majority of the people get freaked out talking in front of people. So it's much easier to be in a room with a camera and they get to share their testimony. It's only two, three minutes long. It's just a condensed version of who Jesus Christ is to them and why they want to be baptized. And for those of you that are going, is that really necessary? This is what I told these folks. Their two, three-minute video testimony will reach perhaps thousands of people because it's going to be on our website. And people who check out our website will have an opportunity to go, who is this Evan dude? Click! And he'll get to share his testimony to people all over the world about what God has done. So the video testimonies, and I'm going to call Evan and Chica up to the stage, and we're going to baptize them. So again, as you are sitting there right now, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, God speaking to you, right now you're sitting there going, I need to get baptized, man. It's, I've been sitting on this. I need to do this. Write it out from now until end of the service. I want to be baptized. Your email, telephone number, drop it in the offering bag. So here's Evan and Chiga's story. My name is Chigazia Amarachi Aza, and I um, was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to two Nigerian parents. And uh, I moved to Chicago in 2011 for, to, to pursue um, structural engineering. When I was in elementary school, my parents are both Christian. They you know, encouraged me to pursue after Christ from a young age, ever since I was born, essentially. My father's a pastor, um, so I was raised in the church. But it wasn't until, I guess, looking back on my, my walk with Christ, I realized that, um, you know, like I attended church regularly. I, you know, would read my Bible. Often I'd pray daily. Um, but when I was challenged or questioned on my faith, the responses that I would give would be based off of things that my parents told me rather than, like, my understanding of the scriptures. It wasn't until 2008 when I was doing a, an internship in Seattle where I lived with seven Christian women which is a lot of women to live with. Um, but we lived in this home, this house together, and we kind of formed this community of believers. Um, we were able to pray with one another, support one another, encourage one another, and challenge each other in our faith. And it was through those challenges um, and through me questioning my faith that I was able to kind of have a better understanding of what Christianity was and um, a deeper understanding of what it meant to be a Christian and a follower of Christ. It was during that time where I was able to kind of reaffirm my faith in Christ and, and just kind of claim it as my own rather than a faith of what my parents were telling me to believe. There have been a lot of challenges that I've faced, especially as of late, and just kind of having faith in Christ has allowed me to get through those and having those challenges not be as debilitating as they would be. Well, I, I remember um, my siblings getting baptized when I was younger, and I knew that I wanted to get baptized as well. Um, and so ever since, I guess, ever since I was able to reaffirm my faith, I've had more of a deeper longing and desire to be baptized, just because I understand that is, um, it's in the scriptures, and I want to be able to proclaim my faith and let others know that I am a believer. And so that's kind of what led me to want to be baptized now. Uh, my name's Evan Lascaris. Um, I've been uh, coming to New Community since April of 2014. I, you know, was uh, Greek, born Greek, and uh, as part of that, um, you know, you're automatically enlisted in the Greek Orthodox religion. Um, and didn't really understand um, 
you know, why I needed a savior. It was never kind of something that I could grasp, like why, how did Christ accomplish that on the cross? Like, why did I need that? I didn't really get it. So with that, I kind of fell prey to the general philosophy in the world that, you know, Jesus was a historical figure, um, but the rest of it, the Bible, it was all a kind of like a mythology that was created and there's lots of mythologies like this one and there's really nothing special about him is kind of like the where I ended up. I was not a Christian. Um, I thought that was, it was kind of foolish, honestly. I had kind of a smug, kind of um, condescending kind of attitude towards Christians. Um, and that's kind of how life went for a while. And I was kind of wrapped up in um, becoming a doctor. I'm an emergency medicine physician. So, you know, college, med school, you know, you're busy doing that. So um, eventually got married, completed, you know, my schooling, training, became a physician, had three children and a family. And so I'd kind of achieved what I wanted to achieve. And I kind of felt like an empty, like, well, now what? You know, and I kind of realized there had to be, you know, something more. There was somehow this, like, hole in my heart, so to speak. And I looked to Buddhism and to other religions, and Buddhism in particular really appealed to me because you could, like, really work hard and meditate, and you could find God kind of a thing. So that's what I set out to do. It was around that period of my life that a very close friend of mine um, who was prone to depression, I kind of noticed him spiraling down. And uh, I'm convinced now that the Holy Spirit touched me because I had a very deep, strong, profound conviction and like a knowledge that he was gonna kill himself. His father had done the same, so it wasn't out of the realm of just even logical reason that this eventually is where he would end up. In that place, knowing that I couldn't reach him, you know, I'm not gonna say some word that's gonna just cheer him up and fix everything for him. I cried out to God. Not knowing, you know, if God was just like an impersonal force like the Buddhists believe or if he was like a personal God. And God answered my prayers. And he sent a 77-year-old woman into his home uh, to take guitar lessons with him. And when she showed up for her first lesson, she didn't have a guitar. And when he asked her where her guitar was, she said, well, the Lord's gonna provide one for me. So in the meantime, he handed her a guitar, which is, you know, a good thing to do. And after the lesson, she asked him if he wanted to know about Christ. And he said he did. To me, that was very profound because the Father heard my prayer and that was just so profoundly touching to me. And so that began the journey for me to find Jesus. I didn't like who I was. I had a lot of anger, bitterness, judgment. You realize you can't change the contents of your heart, but that's what Christ did for me. Some of it's all of a sudden, most of it's not. The baptism for me is the profession, it's the outward profession of my faith, is what we're told to do. It's not, you know, your salvation doesn't come through baptism, but it's your outward profession. It's the, like the, I look at it as like the death of the old me, the ritual that kind of like, you know, symbolizes that and the rebirth into his life, you know. Come on up, guys. Will you guys give these guys a big hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Um, Evan and Trigger, before I ask you guys some questions as you declare your faith in front of your brothers and sisters. Evan, 
Um, you know, you shared a little bit that this freaked you out a little bit, got you a little bit nervous, yeah? yeah. Share with the church why. All right, I basically stripped down out of my uh, Sunday clothes to come up here and get dunked in front of all of you. Some of whom I know and most of whom I don't. So, yeah, I'm a little, uh, a little nervous about it. You know, it's, this is not an everyday occurrence, I would say, in a person's life. But, you know, like you were saying, it just kind of like a conviction came over me. I just need to do this. I was infant baptized. So at that time, I didn't really know what was going on. So it, it, was, it was time to do it. Thank you. Chica, you want to say a word? You'd rather not? Okay. Chiga and Evan, do you now desire to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? If you do, say, I do. I do. Proclaiming this covenant with Jesus Christ, do you renounce all the powers of evil and declare your opposition to way of life and contradiction to the gospel? Do you repent of your sins, confessing Christ as your Savior and Lord and living as his faithful disciple? Will you devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer? And lastly, empowered by the Holy Spirit, will you do all in your power to participate fully in the life of this church family, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? And I've been looking forward to this moment for a long time. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you now, brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, this is going to take courage to do this, and so I just wanted to once again just acknowledge the courage it took for these men and women to do this in front of you. Anybody out there who needs to be baptized, fill out that card. If you can't drop it in the offering back, put it at the information table. Come on up, Evan. I'll pray for us as I commission these two and all of you. Pray with me, church. Father, just as Evan and Chigo publicly declare their allegiance to you, to follow you, to live for you, to seek your kingdom first this week. I pray that you would send us out as a church body and not it as one who would live our lives with utter humility and gentleness and yet with boldness, with courage that through our words, our lips, as well as our lives that we would declare to this watching world the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Pray that you would utilize our hands, our feet, our mouths, our bodies, and our lives this week in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, in our communities. The good news that Jesus Christ came, lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died, and today lives forever and will one day return to restore this earth. May that good news be spread throughout our neighbors in this city. This week, through your ambassadors, through your servants, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Church, have a great week. We'll see you back here next Sunday.